Hello, this is Vin Peterson from Politics Weekly. Today we're going to discuss some of um, Biden's speech and some other events this week. I have my mom on with me as well. Hey there. Hey, Vin. How's it going? I'm doing okay. Um, so we're going to start with President Biden's speech. Um, he was talking about um, threats to democracy in his speech in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, He talked about um, a handful of things, including MAGA Republicans. He said that there's extreme MAGA Republicans are trying to, like, uphold democracy and all that. He even said something that I thought was interesting is that most Republicans aren't MAGA Republicans as anti-democracy. I guess he's maybe talking about, like, the Liz Cheney's or the Adam Kingsingers. But I would say maybe, like, close to three quarters, maybe, like, four-fifths of the Republican Party is, I think, pretty close to election denialism and i think like even mcconnell voted against the j6 committee and also like i think it's like 147 out of the 200 and like 14 republicans in the house voted to decertify the election in 2020 so like i think it's pretty close to like two-thirds or three-quarters of republicans are the so-called mega republicans as biden calls them yeah um so they're calling him what dark brandon now yeah i I heard about that (laughs) Yeah, it's a meme about turning an insult. A yeah. Rather, a rather crude one, to be totally honest. That's true. That's true. But um, um, I was surprised by the speech. Like, had he been talking that he was going to do something like this? It just felt like, oh, all of a sudden Biden's going to make a speech tonight. It almost seems like it was written in his – it almost seems like it's been in his desk for like a month or two, to be totally honest. Yeah. The, yeah. Way, the way it came out, actually, I thought. Okay. Um, he talked about – the economy as well and some things that he's done on that. He talked about how prescription drug negotiation, the climate change bill. He also talked about the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, that's true. So he had like he was able to talk about some things that he got through as well. Yes, he also talked about infrastructure and yeah. roads and bridges and a handful of other things. Did you hear the heckler? I heard I heard him. Yeah, he was saying um expletive Joe Biden. Yeah, that's that's right. He was saying that and um, I didn't. I didn't hear him say like, "Go ahead and beat him up, and I'll pay for your medical bills." Yeah. Do you remember when Trump did that? Uh, yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he didn't. He didn't. He say just that. kind of ignored him. Yeah, he did say a couple things. He said something like, "It's the democratic process, and you know, you're allowed. You're allowed to, you know, do that kind of stuff." But I heard I, one thing stuck with me was like he said. You can't be for an insurrection and be pro-democracy. And pro-law enforcement, I think he meant. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, when he was talking about the January 6th riot. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like, you can't... And, and you can't... You can't claim to support our police and support the insurrection. Yeah, and you can't, um, you can't support democracy if it's, like, only that you've won. Yeah, he says, like, the people who believe that the Republicans believe it's either they win or they cheated are the only two outcomes that to an election. Yeah. did um, I heard it really wasn't played on primetime. Is that right? I don't know. It might have been, like, pre-recorded. It wasn't, like, live on a news network. Yeah, I don't think they played it really during it or whatever. Did you read anything about, like, I don't know, did they do polls or anything about the speech? Or? I didn't see any polling yet on the speech. Okay. One thing I did find interesting is that Biden, he has, doesn't have a great approval rating. It's up slightly, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, um, 
Um, I saw a recent YouGov poll, 55% of voters approve of the Inflation Reduction Act and 54% approve of the student loan debt cancellation. But his approval rating only all overall is only like 42-43%. So he seems to be in kind of an odd position about people like some of his policies, but they don't approve it, but they don't like him, which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I wonder if that's changing because, you know, yeah. he's getting a few things done. What did the Republicans say about this speech? Um, I think, like, I, McConnell hasn't said anything about it. Okay. Um, I don't think, I think, was it, like, I think Tom Cotton or, like, Mike Huckabee or, like, some of those were, like, critical of it, but I, I don't think there's been any significant reaction. I think the Republican governor of Virginia called it divisive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even though... Strong words. Yeah, even though he's endorsed two election deniers for governor in Michigan and in Colorado, so that's divisive. Yeah, it sounds divisive. <laughs> yeah, that's... So, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. Um, so, our next story is what's happening in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay, yes, you've uh, spent all week keeping me up to date on what's going on with poor Jackson, Mississippi. So Mississippi is a very poor state. It's a, it has the lowest GDP per capita of any state in the country. So they take some funds here and there? Yeah, from the federal government. there And Jackson's population, Jackson is 80% black. Its population has decreased by about 13% since 2010, largely because of an exodus of white residents. Wow, really? Yes. So it's 80% black, and it's because of an exodus of white residents that they're losing population, they're losing tax revenue. So they don't have, so the city doesn't have the funds to fix the plant, which would cost about $2 billion. So what happened was that they were under a boil water notice for one month, I think, and there's been frequent boil water notices regularly. But then I heard that, but, but then there was flooding, and what had happened was it caused the uh, water plant, the OB Curtis water plant, which was running on its backup pumps for the backup pumps to fail and as a result um the entire water system in the state in the city failed and it left like two hundred thousand people without clean drinking water and so as of today still the same well they did install a rental pump for the treatment plant so there is some water pressure in some areas but the water pressure is intermediate and the water is not safe to drink at all like it's like almost like brown like i wouldn't even give it to my cats it's like what happened in flint michigan a few years ago if you remember that yeah that was i mean flint didn't have water for a long time right yeah it was several years i think it was like i think like six years or so that flint had water problems ever since yeah and like but the thing about flint is it's 56 percent black jackson's 80 percent black so why does this always happen in black areas yeah it's terrible what um and both of these were kind of self-inflicted i think what does the governor say Governor Tate Reeves of Mississippi, um, he requested a emergency declaration from the federal government. Um, President Biden approved that, and he sent the National Guard down there. Okay. Um, but the thing is, he did sign a five hundred million dollars state income tax cut instead of repairing the city, instead of repairing the water supply. So when did he say, sign that? In the most recent budget for June. For the, June. Yeah, so for the fiscal year. And they knew they were having trouble. Like this isn't. This has been going on for almost a decade or more. Yeah, like it was, this was the last straw, but Jackson's been having trouble with water for a while. Yeah. The mayor said, like, I knew this system would fail any moment or something like that. It's like not a matter of what if it's going to fail, it's a matter of when it's going to fail. That's what the mayor said. The mayor said that, and then w- was the mayor trying to... Convey with that statement? Yeah, fight anything or get the word out? 
Yeah, I think so. Like, just the fact that this system is just in bad shape. And the ci- the city can't afford to repair this on their own because Jackson's a small town. It's relatively poor. It's the biggest city in Mississippi, but it's still relatively small. It's it's very poor. They don't have a lot of tax revenue, I mentioned. Yeah. So they would e- either need state or federal help in order for the get this to get fixed. And it points to a lot of our infrastructure right it needs help but um apparently we can't get an infrastructure bill through we did get an infrastructure bill um it it just it was a big it's a big step in the right direction but at the same time it's not nearly enough right right and the thing is it's our water systems across the country they are not nearly as bad as jackson but there are several systems that the infrastructure is quite poor like lead pipes and a handful of other things our roads definitely need to be fixed that should be pretty obvious to anybody who drives in the u.s and the bridges and stuff right? yeah and when bridges are structurally deficient it can be dangerous actually and same with like potholes that can also be dangerous right right okay so we just well, neglected our infrastructure for way too long so jackson's one story but not might not be the only story yes i mean jackson was probably the worst of all these stories i think so I think I mentioned this on my previous podcast in the state of Michigan. Um, they There was a voter initiative. It got 752,000 signatures um, in order and it got the amount of signatures needed. Um, it was a ballot measure that would legalize abortion up until viability in the state of Michigan. Uh, Michigan has a law that they, they stacked to 1931. It's 91 years old that will ban abortion completely. That's that's like the one in Arizona, right? Yeah, similar, except Arizona's even older. Big stuck to like the 19th century when Arizona was a territory. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. They knew everything about pregnancy and women back then. No. <laughs> and probably not much during the Great Depression either. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And what happened is it got more than enough signatures. It only needs about 8% of the people who voted in the last governor election to get on the ballot, which is only like 340,000. But in reality, it got 752,000. Wow. And the state of Michigan has about 10 million people. So that's almost a tenth of the voters that signed on to that. That's amazing. Yeah, so it was, the signatures were more than sufficient. But the State Board of Canvassers, there, which is made up of two Democrats and two Republicans, they oversee petitions as well as certifying the elections. Okay. Um, and what happened is that it was deadlocked, oh, meaning that two Republicans and two Democrats split. Oh, man. So, so what happens now is it goes to the state Supreme Court. Oh, okay. And how's... Four Democrats, three Republicans on the Michigan Supreme Court. Four, say it again. Four justices appointed by Democratic governors and three justices appointed by Republican governors. Okay, interesting. So the state of Michigan is just kind of in limbo until... Yes. When, when do they decide? Do you even know? I don't know. I I hope it's before the general election, November eighth, because I I know Democrats are probably counting on this to energize their base ahead of some big statewide races in Michigan. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Another thing is that the state board of canvassers they don't just do um, ballot initiatives. They were complaining about like technicalities, like the spacing on the ballot fonts and a handful of other things. Wow. Okay. But what happens is that they also certify the twenty twenty election. In the twenty twenty election, it was three to one. Um, two Democrats and one Republican agreed to certify, but there was one Republican who didn't certify. And that one Republican who did certify, by the way, he's since been replaced. Okay. So that's actually somewhat worrying. Yeah. Who was he replaced with? Whoever the Michigan State Senate appointed, which is currently Republican controlled, as I speak to you. Okay. So the, we kind of know what that story means. Yeah, which means that. We would have to go to the Supreme Court in order to call the governors, the secretary of states, and the attorney general races, and all the state legislative seats and all the congressional seats. That would be a mess. This is crazy talk. I know. It is. Okay. 
So there was also an incident in Knight County, Nevada, where I think the county clerk, I think, is he was just elected. And, uh, and he's an election denier, and I think they're going to do like something. They're going to count all ballots by hand, which is less accurate than using a voting tabulate. It, it's less accurate than tabulating them all by machine, of course. What's this person's name? The, I forgot the person's name for the county clerk in Nevada. Uh-huh. But I know it's a Republican in Nye County. And how, the, how many people in Nye County do they have to hand count? I don't know, several thousands. Okay. Um, I heard something happened again in Michigan. It's always been it's always been weird. Oh, stories. Michigan, <laughs> Arizona, mom. It still has a ton of weird <laughs> stuff. To, let's be totally honest. <laughs> um, so what happened was the um, there was a voting machine that was stolen from the township um, clerk's office and was put at Goodwill for sale for eight dollars. And a person in Ohio bought it and then sold it to eBay and then sold it to an election expert in Connecticut. The person in Connecticut has said that he has not opened the package to preserve it for criminal investigation. Wow. I think the Secretary of State of, the, of Michigan, uh, Benson, she said that she reported this incident to law enforcement and that they're trying to investigate it. And, and she's trying to assure everybody that the election is secure and all that. But it's quite worrying. I mean, what people gaining unact- unauthorized access to voting equipment is quite worrying. Yeah, and, like, that was one that was caught. Or maybe somebody else stole some more. Like, what in the world's going on? Yeah, and I think there's also been an incident in Colorado where, like, a Republican what county clerk was like um listening was on the phone of like a right-wing website who was like making copies of an election server to prove that the 2020 election was stolen an attorney general candidate in michigan who is for the republican side who i think is being investigated for potentially interfering and getting unauthorized access to election equipment and of course there was that whole audit thing in arizona which was it's hard to even call it an audit yeah and the supreme court voted to seal the records so the public won't even see the results of the audit we paid for yeah with our tax money our our income tax money yes. that's right yes. but uh, so so we just have to wonder what was in there because we'll never have it unsealed unless maybe at some point we can yeah. get a different set of folks and in charge right? i know it's quite worrying to be totally honest it's like this whole um you know stop the seal and you know the election is fraudulent it's like a ship that came out of the bottle we can never put back yes and it's just just all this misinformation has just destroyed um people's faith in the election system i think is like one third of americans who believe that trump won the 2020 election in 2020 i think like most polling has suggested Wow. So, yep. But meanwhile, plenty of Republicans won seats during 2020. They they do they think those were fake? I Yeah, that's kind of the thing is like, I mean, President Karen Fan, she won her seat in that supposedly rigged election when she complained about the audit and all that. Marjorie Taylor Greene and all those 147 Republicans who objected to the results, they won in that supposedly rigged election. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. And also, I have one more thing to talk about. This is in the state of Pennsylvania for governor. The Republican nominee is Doug Mastriano. He's running for an open seat. Governor Tom Wolf is term limited in Pennsylvania. So what happens is, I heard something recently is that Doug Mastriano, there was an undercover video of him like going 
over to a group of men. Like, one of them had a shirt from the Boogaloo movement, which, if you know about the Boogaloo movement, it's like a right-wing extremist group. It's like another Proud Boys or something? Yes, and it's been involved in, like, some, like, drive-by shootings and a handful of other things like that. Okay, so... Doug Ma- Mastriano, the yeah, guy he, running for governor, yes, walked up to these guys. Yeah, he walked up to a boogaloo boy, and he walked up to like a handful of armed men with uh, Confederate flags in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, protesting the um, tearing down of a Robert E. Lee statue. And he was like, "Oh yeah, good guy. Yeah, you're all good guys. Like, um, yeah, like you're doing a service and all that." He was like praising those guys, which is kind of gross to see. Ew. And also, I think there was a recently surfaced photo of him like wearing a confederate uniform and i think he's also an election denier and like on election tonight one of his supporters said 20 electoral votes as well which yeah that's kind of a troubling statement (laughs) um and also i think the thing is in in pennsylvania the governor gets to appoint the secretary of state the chief election officer and mastriano promised whoever he appoints for the secretary of state will scrap all of the 8.7 million voter registrations in the state of Pennsylvania. That would be a huge inconvenience for Pennsylvania. For Pennsylvania, so he's just gonna like wipe the slate clean. Yeah, the entire voter registration system. Whoever he appoints as Secretary of State. When people do this stuff, like oh, uh, Nye County, I'm gonna hand count, count votes. Like, do they do they have the ability to like rehire people with the kind of staff that you would need if you're gonna wipe votes or you're gonna hand count? Let's just be honest, these people don't understand the technicalities of the election process and that these people are not qualified to be running the elections. I think that's a fair statement, regardless of which political party you are in. I think this is quite worrying. Like the Republican nominee for secretary of state in my home state of Arizona currently, um, Mark Fincham, he, I think, has like a treason list. I think he wants to like buy all of the voting equipment from like an unknown company in Texas and like hand count ballots and like eliminate all mail-in voting and just a bunch of and has been participating in the January 6th riot and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah. He, he, his, that was the, the guy that's running in Arizona. He yeah, was, for Secretary He was at the right, riot. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just worrying about people who don't understand election procedures and or any of the technicalities on securing elections and how they're running these offices. And, like, Secretary of State's races probably haven't gotten much attention in the past. But they're probably more critical than ever, I think it's fair to say. Um yeah, that makes sense. So Mastriano, who's he? This is the guy in Pennsylvania running for governor. Who's he running against? The state attorney general, Josh Shapiro, a Democrat. Okay. And how, how's the race going? There was a recent poll that had Shapiro up by only three percentage points, which is oh. well within the margin of error, I'd like to point out. Right. Yeah, that's that's tough. There was another poll that had it up like by like 10 to 12 percentage points, but... Let's be, but there's definitely a decent shot that Mastriano could win. Like, it's it's definitely possible. That would, like, what do we, what would, I, it's, it's so weird to envision, like, in the next Ten years. election, if it doesn't go their way. Say Joe Biden wins Pennsylvania again. Yeah. Then it doesn't count. Yeah, because the Secretary of State won't certify it, or like what happens in the Michigan Board of Canvassers. We'll see what happens in 2022 with that, if Democrats win, right? Yeah. So there's just a bunch of concerning things. I think I covered a lot today. Um, yeah, I had one question that I didn't see on your list. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Palin. She lost her primary election. That was interesting, actually. I think, like, she, the, she lost it to... Uh, a Native American woman, I think. A, a Democrat. Yes, exactly. And what's the history of um, 
Alaska voting Dem. Alaska has an at-large congressional seat, which means it only has one congressional district in the entire state because there's so few people. So, but the thing is, this is the first Democrat to represent this district since 1972. That's huge. That's huge, don't you think? Yeah, that's before you were born. It is before I was born. Yes. My mom's relatively young. (laughs) (laughs) But... I mean, that's kind of an interesting sign, don't you think? I mean, Sarah Palin. She's, she's, well, she was the former governor, and she's well-known. Yeah, she ran for vice president. People, I thought people liked her. At least the Tea Party, yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what implications that has on the um, midterms overall. Yeah, there's some glimmer of hopes there when, you know. And also the special election in New York as well. Oh, what happened there? I think a Democrat won in like a seat. By, de- the Democrat won that seat by two percentage points. Most polls had the Republican up by eight in a special election, but Biden won that district by two percentage points. It went for George W. Bush. It went for Barack Obama twice. It went for Joe Biden. It went for Donald Trump. So oh, man, it so goes like, all over the place. Yeah, so it's like a it's a bellwether district. So I think when Democrats won that district, I think it was a sign of hope, especially in a Republican wave year, which at least historical precedents usually suggest. Okay, so what does the bellwether say this time? I think it says that Democrats Democrats have at least a possibility of holding on to the House, though I still think it's very slim in my view. Yeah, you you still think no way for the House and... It's possible, but it's incredibly slim. All right, I'm going to hang on to hope because that's all I got. All right. Um, that's all I have to speak about today. I mean, we covered a ton of topics. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for inviting me. All right. Um, I hope you guys um, stay tuned, and I'll see you next time.